This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live on a Thursday, Thursday of the Octave of Easter, as Father Jason Leffer is joining me, Father James Gross, here from our Grand Fork studio. We are uh, up to our elbows in alleluias after having uh, <laughs> suspended them, of course, during the season of Lent and uh, it, uh, in the first uh, part of the Triduum. That's always a glorious point um, during the Easter Vigil when the alleluia is sung because it is essentially a responsorial psalm, you know, for the various uh, verses that go along with it and, and so many it, other it, things it, it steps up each time you know it, it really brings you up to the climax of the gospel of the resurrection by just a third a third a third it goes higher and higher and more hopeful more glory more glory more glory yes yes indeed it uh yeah it, it, it it's a little uh as a pastor of a smaller parish, it's a little more stressful, you know, having to go over with uh, the candidates and the servers kind of beforehand, you know, just kind of the outline of what's going to happen. You know, I was thinking to myself, you know, bishops have their minions, you know, that do all of this, and all they have to do is roll in and show up and be okay. collected. Okay, on, on a super, <laughs> super serious and practical note, I, yes, for, sir. The, for the longest time, I've been convicted that especially we in the smaller parish settings, what we really need is instituted acolytes. Like, um, you know, men who are, they're, they're, they're trained to help, and you call them minions. They can kind of wear an MC hat in addition right. to everything else. But honestly, the thing that we really need as pastors in these small, especially when we have many missions or whatever, yeah. would be like to have one or two or three or four or five or ten <laughs> <laughs> instituted acolytes in these different places where they're tuned in and they're thinking and they're educated to where... Right. That we can work together, collab- yeah. the, lay- the, the priesthood and the laity yeah. together, working together to make beautiful right. liturgy. You know? Maybe not for the same purpose, but does the Diocese of Lincoln have something like they that do. in terms they, of they adult do. lay ministry? That, that, that is correct, yes. Yeah, yeah. Very good. Well, as we're talking about ministry and this great time of the year, our next guest can fill us in on a lot of this from the Diocese of Crookston. Father Chuck Huck is with us. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. Well, thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be with you. And, you know, the word of the day is Alleluia. Alleluia. Yes, indeed. Alleluia. Amen, brother. So um, let's just begin by uh, telling us a little bit about yourself. Um, I've just heard dribs and drabs of, of your vocation story, and, and I know enough to know that it's uh, a little unconventional. So uh, if you can uh, let, us, uh, let us in on that. You know, one of the things I always like to tell people is that I'm one of the few priests that probably has a toy box in his house, and my (laughs) toy box is filled with trucks to dolls, because I'm a priest that was married at one time. My wife passed away, Valerie passed away 21 years ago, and I moved through all those stages of what do you do after your wife passes away, and then I decided to investigate this calling to become a priest. And so I've been a priest now for 16 years. I have seven children and 14 grandchildren. And it's a wonderful life. Father, do you think, I know there's this kind of hoopla out there right now. I haven't seen it myself, but there's this movie about real life Father Stu. Do you think there's going to be the Father Chuck Huck movie one day? That Are you working on the screenplay? (laughs) <laughs> I would think that I need to work on becoming holy, you know? 
Let's oh, wait, wait, that wait, wait. point first. <laughs> Bef- no, before we get off this topic, if 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 there was going to be the Father Chuck Huck movie one day, who what what actor would you want to play you? Well, I'd have to watch more TV to find out who all the actors are. <laughs> See, that's a very holy answer. Good for you, He's Father. well on his way. He's well on his way. <laughs> don't don't worry, know? Father. Father Gross and I will we'll, we'll, we'll figure out who's going to play you. Yeah, well, you by the end of the segment, we'll have it narrowed down. You bet. You bet. So we understand that you uh, recently became the pastor at uh, Holy Rosary Parish uh, down in Detroit Lakes. Can you tell us a little bit about that community? You know, what was interesting is I became the pastor during COVID, so that yeah. I moved in in July, and A, we weren't able to have, you know, that was back in the time of 10 or 15 people in the church, and everybody's wearing a mask, and the distancing is taking place, and so the first year, the only way I got to know my parishioners was with a mask over them. Then mm-hmm. we moved to the point where the masks came off. And it was like I had to relearn the whole parish <laughs> and figure out who these people were. If they hadn't sat in the same spots, they would have really had me confused. You know, it's one of those times where you had to you had to learn people's identity based on the different shades of color in their eyes. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, let's but also was- mention. Let's also mention that uh, there are a lot of seasonal folks in that area, right? Oh, you know, with absolutely. all of the lake traffic. And right now we're in that transition point where the snowbirds are coming back home. Mm -hmm. Some of the lake people are coming over to take a look at their properties and get them ready for summer. We're seeing uh, quite a trend. And for myself, having had businesses in Fargo-Moorhead and then being in Detroit Lakes, there are so many of these people that I had worked with prior to becoming a priest (laughs) that it's, it's so good to see them again, but as you say, they're here for a few weeks of celebration, then they go back to their regular life in Fargo-Moorhead or area, and then they come back here. This is a great area. I love being in Detroit Lakes. And besides, it gets me closer to my family, so I'm able to spend a little more time with my many siblings and with all of my children and grandchildren that are in this area. So it's a wonderful town, great community. You know, it just it, it strikes me, Father, do you have any relationship with St. Nicholas at all? Well, other than we're same stature. <laughs> the, now I just bring that up because as you're talking, it just it came over me and just like it. It, it, it sounds like uh, the true Saint Nicholas, you know, who who was really was about life and and all that. So it's a very inspiring story so we thank you for your example (laughs) fantastic well we have just begun the season of easter so whereas a lot of um a lot of christians around the country maybe think of it as a very short window you know having come and gone in a single day or throughout a weekend's time um you know we are uh, just uh, just starting to unfold the season what are some ideas that you have for our listeners father of how we can continue and keep the celebration of easter going Well, one of the things we talked about and I presented in my homily over Easter was the importance of that word, Alleluia. And I did tell some of the parishioners, well, I told all the parishioners that were there, is say Alleluia frequently. Don't be afraid to say Happy Easter, especially for this octave time period. 
And I do go to the store, and I'll be going down the aisle, and if I make eye contact with someone, I might say Happy Easter or Alleluia to them. And it's a surprised reaction that I usually get back in return. But by doing that, we're letting them know, I mean, we're celebrating 50 days here all the way to Pentecost, that great time of that new beginning of the church and the people's reaction. We can do the same thing now. Also, you know, Father, you bring up such a, a very important thing, which is across of Christianity for 2,000 years, we, we are a resurrection people. Like our, our 51 Sundays out of the year, the focus is the resurrection of Christ. And, and traditionally, in almost every language, the traditional greeting for, uh, to, to greet one another, to say hello or to say good day, you know, had some reference to Christ, to the resurrection, or to his victory over sin and death. Like, you know, the Easter greeting, you know, is for 50 days is supposed to be, you know, he has risen as he said, alleluia, alleluia. And the response is, he has risen indeed, alleluia, alleluia. But even yeah. if we look at our language, like the word goodbye, it's, it's, an, it's an abbreviation for God be with you. You know, yeah. so that we can see the traces of our Christian faith even in our common language. So, what you're saying there is so so very important. Like I, this morning, I filled gas on my way in, and I, I wished the people behind the counter a happy Easter, and they looked at me cross-eyed <laughs> as I walked out the door. So, <laughs> well, we live in a secular society that just the day is over. It's like Christmas the day after; it's done. Mm-hmm. No, continue to say Merry Christmas for days and Easter. Put the yeah. bunnies away. Put the you know the crosses away. We're done. No, we're just getting started. One right. of the other things I like to do is tell people tell Jesus stories. Be able to say I saw Jesus, just like when the disciples and you know especially we're going to hear this weekend they saw Jesus and that witness becomes so good. I told the story about a lady that I went to visit, and I brought her communion. We did her reconciliation. We brought communion. We anointed her, and she had made rosaries, 75 rosaries, during her time of recovery from surgery. And that is a true Jesus story. Jesus was with her during the recovery. She's making these rosaries, and she's praying for the people that are going to receive the rosaries. That's God taking her suffering, turning it into a blessing, and sending it out into the world. What a Jesus story that you want to tell. That is beautiful. Yeah, and it's an act of love on her part, and it's it adds meaning for I just could imagine somebody who receives one of those rosaries as a gift, uh, has it blessed, uh, maybe knows this person, uh, you know, um, knows the the person who made it personally, and uh, you know they're able to think of them and pray for them in addition to their other intentions. Uh, during the course of it. Well, Father, we're going to step aside here in just a moment for a quick break, but when we continue our conversation, we'll be looking at uh, Divine Mercy Sunday, some of the specific... Uh, commemorations, uh, events that you have planned there as we are visiting with Father Chuck Huck from uh, Holy Rosary Parish in Detroit Lakes. And we'll be right back after this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. 
SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet our customers' production needs. Prototype to production, working together towards success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. Do you know a priest who has made a difference in your life or at your parish? One who has helped you through a loss, discern an important decision, or celebrated the sacraments with you and your family? Real Presence Radio would like to know about these amazing priests. Visit our website at realpresenceradio.com contact to nominate your priest. And each week on Real Presence Live, we will recognize one of our priests with a dozen donuts generously donated by a local business. Help us honor our fathers by nominating your priest today. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back, everyone, to Real Presence Live on a Thursday. Father James Gross joined here by Father Jason Leffer. I want to give you a quick uh, preview of what's going to be happening tomorrow. Real Presence Live, uh, the Knights of Columbus will be taking over the format as there will be uh, remote locations and dividing up the program. The first hour will be live on location from Fargo for the state convention for the North Dakota Knights of, Con- of Columbus. And then the second hour from uh, the South Dakota Knights of Columbus Convention in Deadwood. So um, twice the hosts, twice the fun. Now, Father Gross, I, I'm not able to because of parish commitments, but are you are you going to take in the priest day with all the, the dignitaries to the yes. of Fargo? What's, what's happening there? There is going to be a clergy conference uh, the day before the beginning of the State Knights of Columbus uh, Convention in Fargo, where Archbishop Hebda from St. Paul, Minneapolis, and the two bishops in North Dakota will be on hand, as well as our state chaplain, Father Wilhelm. There will be conferences in the afternoon. There will be a mass late in the afternoon and uh, a dinner. At the e- in the evening at uh, the banquet hall where the uh, convention will be hosted uh, this coming weekend, the Holiday Inn. So um, it'll be interesting to, say what they, to see what they have to say. I, I guess I see it as sort of a spiritual pep rally in terms of many of us happen to be chaplains of yes. Knights of Columbus councils within our parish and to get us thinking about how we can contribute to uh, making the most of the role of those groups. You know, there's the visible things with regard to the fourth degree 
the honor guard, the pancake breakfast, stuff like that. But what, you know, what other things constitute really the substance of uh, that kind of fraternal organization? And, and, and it's worth giving a shout out to all the men. I mean, uh, you and I both are so fortunate to be chaplains of just very active Knights of Columbus groups. Good, really, really good men. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I can't say enough about all the men from uh, Park River and Pisic and Lincoln and Beckany and Vestiville who are in, involved in the Knights there and the tremendously on a weekly basis. They're active on a weekly basis up there and I'm, I'm so grateful for them. And just a shout out to any young or older men who are looking to be involved in a very meaningful way in your area, the Knights of Columbus, tremendous uh, opportunity for charitable yes. works. Yep, a great spiritual resource. So we've been visiting with Father Huck from uh, the Diocese of Crookston, the pastor at Holy Rosary Parish in Detroit Lakes. And uh, this coming Sunday, uh, which we've gotten used to over the last couple of decades now and referring to not as the second Sunday of Easter, but as Divine Mercy Sunday. Um, can you share with us uh, maybe just in first uh, about what the day means to you and then some of the things that will be happening at your parish that day? Well, I really look forward to the Divine Mercy celebration. I think about the plenary indulgence that's available to all of us and how that sets that purgatory clock back, and it's for ourselves or for someone who has died, just that great mercy of God. His plan is to get us to heaven, and God provides many ways in which to do that. But this Divine Mercy Sunday, which... St. John Paul II really promoted is just a wonderful way for us to be aware of God's great love and to respond to it in such a positive way. So here in our parish at 2 o'clock, Deacon Gary will be leading a Divine Mercy celebration with the uh, chaplet being set at 3 o'clock in adoration during that time and some meditation And I will be in the reconciliation room allowing for those that wish to fulfill the requirements for the indulgence to come forth, to have their confessions heard, and to know that they and God are as close as we can be because of God's great love and mercy for each and every one of us. Yeah, this is serendipitous, isn't it? Uh, on uh, Divine Mercy Sunday, near the hour of mercy, being able to come to the very seat of the mercy of God in the Sacrament of Reconciliation. Good for you guys. Yeah, it's. I just thoroughly enjoy that celebration. And I think about all my years as a priest, I've not been outside leading that because I'm in the reconciliation room until there's no one left to come in. And sometimes that goes beyond the time, mm-hmm. because we, the people of God, are really hungry for his mercy, and we yeah. can feel it. That's powerful to me. Right. And and on days like that, I think there are a lot of people who turn up whom one, you know, might not expect. And afterwards, I know as a priest, you're, um, you don't necessarily know who they are, but you kind of know enough to know that uh, it was a really, it was a great grace, you know, that they came forward and that they participated in that mercy. Um, also, let's talk about uh, uh, the the uh, youth in your parish. Uh, you're, you have a First Holy Communion celebration coming up this weekend as well, correct? Yes, we do. Normally, our First Holy Communion would be the last, or the first weekend in May, 
But we have Bishop coming back to our parish. He was just here yesterday, and he's coming back to celebrate the Sacrament of Confirmation. Uh And so part of it, we said, where would it be appropriate to move the First Holy Communicants in order to have a great celebration for them also? And it just made sense to make it happen on Divine Mercy Sunday because that is the reception of Jesus, that great gift he gives us that we can come to at a daily Mass, we can come to every weekend as we should, and God loves us so much he wants to be in us and with us. That's the true celebration. So it's very appropriate the kids receive on that day. What was interesting yesterday, after Bishop had been here to visit the school, he celebrated Mass with our school Then we were walking around to the classrooms. Our second graders let it be known it's the last time they're going to be getting a blessing at Mass. Exactly. No more holding their arms across their chest. (laughs) (laughs) They are so ready. And our students in third and fourth grade, who because of COVID, the chalice wasn't present, the precious blood wasn't there, were excited because we brought the precious blood back on Holy Thursday and for them, it was like re-receiving that first Holy Communion. They were able to receive out of the chalice, and it just was a powerful moment for them. So, Father, you're making me think of the Divine Mercy image um, and flowing the rays flowing from the heart of Jesus. Could you, could you describe for our listeners that image and how that's connected with on Divine Mercy Sunday, even receiving uh, the Eucharist? How, wh- what's the connection there? You know, as you look at that image and you look at the bottom, it says, Jesus, I trust in you. And that heart of Jesus just overflowing with love, just like when his side was pierced and he gave his last drop for us. It flows down, it washes us clean. Many times in the reconciliation room, I will sometimes say to the people as a penance, Five times today, tell Jesus that you trust in him. Jesus, I trust in you. Those five words can help you throughout the rest of the day, the rest of the week, and whenever we come into those difficult times, Jesus, I trust in you to guide me or to lead me or to teach me or to help me. And we place that God who loves us more than we can imagine is going to make that happen. He's going to be present in such a special way. Beautiful. So, yes, the First Communion is happening for your second grade uh, kiddos uh, this coming Sunday. What is the age of your candidates for confirmation in your parish? In our parish, we confirm in the 11th grade. Okay, and pretty much every year that happens. So the the juniors in high school every year. Very good. And this year we have 22 confirmands. And yesterday was the, in the evening, I had opened up their class, was just coming to reconciliation so that their hearts and souls were prepared to receive the grace of God through confirmation. And I was busy from 5.30 until almost 8 o'clock, hearing one confession after the other as these youth are preparing to receive Jesus. And you just think how many opportunities we have between the Easter, the Triduum, 
every Sunday and Divine Mercy Sunday, confirmation, the reception of the sacraments. It's easy to tell people Jesus loves you and he's trying to be present in so many ways. It is also a good reminder that confirmation, as uh, we learned in uh, theology, is what they call a sacrament of the living, that one needs to be properly disposed and in a state of grace. And uh, the conf- and the sacrament of reconciliation, as a sacrament of the dead, so to speak, you know, brings us into that state of grace in order to be able to um, uh, draw the efficacy of, of the fruits of uh, that sacrament and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. So um, as we are coming to the end of our time. We just have a, a minute or two left here. Um, any final uh, thoughts or reflections with regard to Easter or uh, Divine Mercy Sunday, um, especially kind of from your first-person perspective? Well, as I think about it, we also need to be aware of all these other gifts God's given us. You know, we got Good Shepherd Sunday coming up, and we're getting close to that season of Pentecost, the birthday of the Church, and we just Think of all, all these great celebrations are in place to invite us in, to let us become full and active participants in this life of love that God has for us. He wants us, and all we need to do is be open to celebrating with him and being part of that life yeah. that he intends for us. And if I may, just to add a little uh, public service announcement for music ministers in parishes who happen to be listening to the program today, because of the length of the season of Easter, please do not lose uh, steam with regard to Easter-related hymns. Oftentimes, I think, as we go through the season of Easter, it sounds a lot more like ordinary time than Easter. And there's a wonderful treasury of music um, for the Easter season with themes of resurrection. And it's really good to um, uh, make the most of that and to remind our congregations of the, uh, the, the beauty of the season of Easter uh, throughout its length and uh, how in our dioceses anyway we celebrate Ascension on the Sunday beforehand and all of these wonder, wonderful parts that come from the uh, that come within this season. So Father Huck, thank you so much for joining us and uh, blessings to you in the Easter season. Alright, thank you and I appreciate the opportunity to talk about this great parish and community life here. Wonderful. Well, coming up next, it's a group dedicated to elevating the liturgy. Stay tuned to learn more as we'll be back after this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 